HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther, how's your arm doing, man? It's broken. <laughs> you should see the car. Why are we laughing? <laughs> uh, it's broken. I went to the doctor today. It's um, it's a chip fracture. It's the top of my uh, uh, humerus bone. Not as funny as That's it, sounds. it sounds. Right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Has removed itself, uh, hanging on by a tendon. Um, as long as I don't lift anything, it looks like surgery is not going to happen. But I so can't. no shaking cocktails for you. But not not for a minimum of six weeks. Well, I mean that's probably not too different for you anyway. Well, I mean, you know, I open the new bar where we shake a lot of That's true. How's Koo going? For charity. Uh, it's going great. Um, we are gangbusters, man. Crushing numbers that we didn't expect to crush. Uh, crushing pre- the crushing pre- numbers, crushing arms. The, pre- <laughs> the press is all over us, uh, mostly in a good way. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's great. I, there's always going to be some tension. Yeah. But, like, it's great. How are you doing? Great, man. Do we have anything planned for the show today that's fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be the best show ever. You, you know, don't put too much pressure on on the show or your your shoulder. I say that or, right. I say that about every show. Though. <laughs> yeah, once you uh, once you take it away and introduce our guest. Sure. Today. So we got some guests in the studio with us today. First, uh, I want to say we got uh, Peter Fornatal uh, from uh, the Daily Racing Forum, which is a podcast um, that airs a couple times a week. You can pick it up on iTunes and talks, and, and talk, also talks all about author of an author of, of Brooklyn Spirits. Spirits. He's on the show before, He's before been, I was on. Yeah. We have two repeat guests, today. two repeat guests. I've been here before, but I haven't ever been here to talk about horses. So that's, that's so yeah, kind we're of here. a new and exciting fun thing we're doing today. Yeah. So today is Wednesday and Saturday is of course the Derby. Yeah. So this is the perfect guy to have on today. Uh, in yeah. addition, right next to him, we've got, um, Dale DeGroff. Some of our listeners have heard of Dale DeGroff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Dale and Pete are doing a show together, uh, not always together, but sometimes together. And it's a, it's a, we- I went to it. You didn't get to go, but I went to it at the shanty. And it's a, a weaving together of the history of uh, horse racing and thoroughbred raising uh, and American whiskey making. Is that right, Dale? It's correct. Yeah, and it's going really cool, right? It's only a shanty. That's where it is. It's at the shanty. Yeah. We're doing it again on Saturday. Cool. Yeah, cool. Can't wait. Sounds like a great way to spend uh, your Kentucky Derby day. Watch some races, yeah. hear some history, drink some cocktails. I think we need to write a tune called Always Dreaming. <laughs> Almost Dreaming. You're, 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 the, yeah. Always dreaming. you're tipping your hand as to who you like in the, in the Derby, but we'll That's get it. to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, th- and we got a couple other folks just hanging out in the studio who yeah. said they don't want to talk. We're going to make them talk about yeah. it. We got We've Jill, got Jill DeGroff. Fam- famed artist Jill DeGroff, who's drawn many, many pictures of me. Two artists. Yeah. And, and, and then, of course, Natalie Check, who's the lettering artist who's done all the lettering work over at Koo and, and at Amori Margo. And, some of the and soon bars. to be Grand Army. And soon to be Grand Army. So, we got packed house in here. Plus, 
there are not one but two guitars in the room, so I'm hoping that something happens with those as the show goes on. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to play. I just feel comfortable holding it. <laughs> yeah? It's like your, it's like your safety blanket. <laughs> so, um, well, you know, the first thing I think about when we're talking about, like, horse racing and whiskey, it's like, I mean, obviously, bourbon, Kentucky, you've got the the, the derby and everything. There's... Uh, I, I, I like bottles that have animals on them. So, like Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare. Okay. Uh, Very uh, iconic American animals. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, horses. Sure. So, it's a cool thing that we're talking about this today. The Blantons. There used to Blantons. be a Rosebud whiskey. Yeah. Rosebud. That's right. Named after a Kentucky Derby winner. That's right. Yeah. Nice. So, so, talk a little bit about this show that you're doing, and then we'll talk about just all kinds of manner stuff. But I want to hear about the show first from the both it's, of you. It's, it's the evolution of... Uh, American whiskey making and thoroughbred racing side by side in America over the last couple hundred years. It's really an, uh, been an eye opening uh, adventure for me. Jill did a tremendous amount of research, but we found out these crazy, wonderful facts because thoroughbred racing really started in London in like the 16th and 17th century. Mm-hmm. Thoroughbred breeding started in London, and the way it started, ironically and unbelievably, but especially ironically, is that during the Crusades, um, the Crusaders all went down to Jerusalem and the Promised Land and the Middle East uh, with these massive steeds because they're wearing about 100 pounds of iron on their backs yeah, with sure. their, all their armor and everything. So these, these were like draft horses. They were huge. But when they got down there, the, uh, the uh, Moors, as they were called in those days, ran circles around them with these fast, tight, really amazing horses and so toward the end of the uh, of the crusades a couple of the lords decided to bring some of these horses back home and see what would happen if they would breed them with these big strong horses if they could get more speed and more whatever out of them and that's exactly how this whole thing started uh, that's why the horses original ones were called Darley Arabian Goldolphin Arabian because they were breeding them with these big mares yeah. trying to create a, a, a new line a new breed of horse that would be both Light and fast and strong, you know. And you see that in the evolution of the thoroughbred today, and uh, obviously very much tilted towards speed these days. But also, the, the, the stamina is still an important element as well when you're talking about a race like the Kentucky Derby, oh. where all these these young horses—it's really the equivalent of like uh, college or even high school basketball players in May of their three-year-old year—and they're facing this stern distance test to go 10 furlongs, a mile and a quarter for the first time. And you can see a lot of the attributes Dale's talking about. I had a pleasure of being part of sort of the, the dress rehearsal of the show, and I think it's going to be a, a great, great, great to uh, see how it continues to evolve and very fun way to spend your derby day going down to the shanty and <laughs> checking out Dale. How can folks uh, get involved if they want to be part of it, Dale? Uh, it's, it's, uh, there are tickets for sale. Uh... Well, what's just, the, uh, the proper name of the thing again? Is uh, whiskey uh, gamblers and the flying horsemen? The flying horses. Oh, the flying horses. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, yeah, 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 New York Distilling Company. Uh, the tickets are on sale at uh, Alan Katz's New York Distilling Company, where they make great American whiskey and mm-hmm. American gin, uh, Dorothy Parker gin, and they make a, a Geneva style or, or a, a similar uh, old uh, New England recipe that uh, David Wondrich dug up. And there's some yeah. really wonderful things. Oh, he's doing a bunch of great there. stuff. He's oh. got a rock and rye as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, what? Wh- where did you decide to tie these two sort of? Sort of, where did you decide to link these two histories together? Where did you say to yourself, I want to do some research about horses? Well, first of all, like, is this something that you like grew up uh, like uh, with horse racing? Did, like, did you go to the track? Like, you know? Well, we lived 12 minutes from Belmont Park. Uh, we, we have a really well-chosen uh, dwelling, which is about 12 minutes from Kennedy Airport, because I travel all the time, 12 minutes from Belmont Park <laughs> and 12 minutes from Jones Beach. It's like a true, perfectly triangulated place yes. to be. Wow. Cool. <laughs> but when the kids were little, my sons are 33 and 34 and 32 now. But uh, if you've been to Belmont Park, folks, it's got the most beautiful park behind the grandstands with a huge playground. There are, there are live bands there every weekend. And so we spent... 
all the childhood years with our kids at the track, I mean, you know, it, it, it was hard for us to have to be there all that time. You know? <laughs> yeah. but we forced ourselves because of the playground, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you can't forget the other, the, the sort of hidden, the, the secret of Belmont Park, in addition to being a great sporting venue where you can see amazing racehorses do their thing, it's also the largest unofficial bring your own beer garden right in uh-huh. New York City you can't bring in glass don't try that but uh, you can either bring in as as I've seen Dale do um, Gatorade <laughs> cooler the type of cooler you ordinarily see yeah. poured on a coach's head at the end of a big victory <laughs> yeah yeah full of punch I've, I've been there for a couple of these events <laughs> and of course you can with all the great craft beer in cans these days if you want to uh, go check out what uh, Threes or Other Half or any of the other great local breweries are doing in cans you, you can, you know, chill that down, bring it right in, bring in food, get one of those picnic tables in the back. You don't have to have a bed all day to have a fantastic time at Belmont Park. Yeah, it's yeah no, true. it's great. Now, you got another book out. They didn't even mention it because you're into, you're into competition betting. Aren't you? <laughs> yes, Wait, isn't isn't all betting competition betting? Well, no, this it is, is different. But this is—I'm glad you brought this up, Dale, because I—I wouldn't have because it's—I I feel like it's too complicated to explain sometimes. But it really isn't. Just as the the, the World Series of Poker is to your local cash game in poker. There are what are known as handicapping contests sure. uh, as opposed to just your everyday betting at the window. These are events where people come together, put up sums of money to just compete directly against each other, and uh, the prize pools can be tremendous. And my company, The Daily Racing Forum, has just uh, launched their own tournament, the World Handicapping Championship, which is a, a $1 million <laughs> tournament with no takeout and uh, an opportunity to, to, to play online and, and get involved for very little money. Some of the feeder contests we have are free even and uh, advance on to these finals. So it's a, a fun new way of betting that it's not meant to replace cash betting, but it's a fun complement to it as well. And I did I did a book a couple of years ago called The Winning Contest Player. If there's any horse players out there wondering what these contests are and how they can learn more about them, uh, that book might be a fun way to start. And parlaying is the word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn that money into more money. <laughs> competition betting. All right. So, that, 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 so I learned that. I learned, remember, we had competition vaping. Yeah, yep, totally. That's a thing, Dale. Competition. We used to have competition smoke ring blowing. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's like the extension of that. Yep. This could be another book. I, you're giving me ideas here. Competition vaping. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went down that rabbit hole. It was a, a, a very strange world to be in. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the other. Yeah, let's talk yep. about this. I want to talk about Jill, who's artists. quietly sitting over here in the corner. Well, there are two other artists besides Jill down at Sunny's. Yes. Six. 53 Conover Street in Red Hook, Brooklyn, uh, right on the waterfront. Uh, there, there's going to be Nicole Desmond. Some of you might know her as uh, the the other half of the, of the uh, what, what do we call these? The, the Leisures, the, Mr. and Mrs. Leisure. leisure. The Rum Rum Room. The other half of the Rum Rum Legendary Rum Rum Joe and Nicole Desmond run I've never been invited, folks. It's moving to Brooklyn. It's on hiatus. Yeah, it's moving. That's right. I went once, and I almost got my arm ripped off by one of their birds. Oh, you got to be careful. I've heard you got to be nice to the parrots or you're out. I just had rum all over me. It was like during the Manhattan Cocktail Classic Week, and we'd been on a tiki tour with uh, Adam Colesar and we were mixing drinks me and Garrett Richard and Brian Miller in the back of the bus and I just had rum all over me and I think you know <laughs> who doesn't rum. like rum so she, Sheena likes she rum Sheena likes rum yeah. Sheena doesn't like tall guys with beards. You didn't know that, man? Well, I know now. I'm safe. Well, there's a third artist involved down at Sunny's, and that's John. And he's, he, he's also a bartender, isn't he? A bartender, too? He is. John. He works at Fort Defiance. Yeah. yeah. He does, yeah. John Tebow uh, from, from New Orleans. And Colleen, his wife, is putting the whole thing together. Which is so really this is a, so it's a fundraiser. A bunch of artists, well, these three artists uh, are coming together. In Red Hook on this Monday night. Monday night, yes. Yeah. Sunny's uh, is a cool place. Uh, it, it sounds like a great cause. Sponsored and, by a whiskey called Lot 40. Thank you very nice. much, Lot 40. Mm-hmm. Canadian whiskey, Canadian rye. Yeah, and Perno Ricard nice. is back in the whole thing, right? Yeah, so it's happening. Um, the reception is Monday the 8th. Uh, then we're going to have uh, sort of, that's sort of the VIP part, right? Yeah, 6 that's, to 9. Yeah, and, and that they should go to, what is it, Bouzard's? Bozarts, Bozarts. Bozarts.com? Well, spelled Bozarts. I know, B-O-Z-E, yes. Right. And and the guys, we have some very talented drink makers, 
Dale and, and Joe Desmond. And oh, Joe, will, Joe and, will be making and, a tiki drink. And John will, will be making fabulous punches using Lot 40. And all, uh, and all, yeah, 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 and all to raise money for for the bar itself, which is right. in a bit of peril right now, right? Yeah, and yeah. somewhat historic spot, and we're we're all interested in making sure that if you ever saw bars last forever, front, mm-hmm. this is the neighborhood where it was shot. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't think they actually shot in Sunnies, but maybe out front. Sure, you know, it, it surely would have uh, caught a little bit of uh, screen time. I mean, Sunnies is How like right on the waterfront. It's iconic. How um, could it still looks like uh, the same that it, it exactly would have looked <laughs> during that movie's time. Uh, but yeah, Beautiful. I mean, I, I think uh, we should definitely just make that known to everyone who's listening out there. Sonny's and Red Hook, you know, it's iconic for all of us. And uh, they are uh, they're raising funds right now. To, it's not the uh, first time they've had art in the wall either. That they've is been true. doing art on the wall for years. And, and, and Sonny himself, Sonny Balzano, the original owner, his uncle was the original owner. Sonny was a wonderful artist. We lost Sonny this last year. And his, right. his, uh, his widow, Tuna, is the one who's trying to raise the money to buy the building to keep the place alive. Because there's, a, there's a, a move afoot to tear the buildings down and do some... High rises. Whatever. Yeah. Paved paradise. Somehow Red Hook and, and High Rises don't seem and don't belong in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, right? It's yeah. weird to think about that. You know, there's are, are they building a subway or a light rail line or something like that to connect it? I mean, they've been talking about that for over a yeah. decade, but no ground has been broken. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk more about this upcoming derby. What mm-hmm. what, what way in, fellas? You already you already tipped your hand a little. Yeah, Dale already I, I, told yeah. us who he thinks is going to win the Brooklyn the Brooklyn owned horse. Yeah, this horse on, uh, <laughs> always dreaming. Yay, Brooklyn! This horse always <laughs> dreaming, owned by a couple guys from uh, a couple guys from Williamsburg who've had who've had some success. And this horse has had some success. He's looked really good on the track. Uh, trained by Todd Pletcher, who's one of the top thoroughbred trainers in the country. Interestingly, uh, while he's won the Derby once, he doesn't have his customary level of success in this race. And that's logical that it would be a hard, the, the hardest race to win because it's the race everybody wants to win. And a lot of uh, horse players and handicappers out there are going to have to decide how much his lack of success relative to his overall success is going to uh, maybe impede the chances of the runners he has this year. The one of his that I like is all always dreaming but he's not my top selection he's on who's your top he's, selection he's on my yes. short list i like a horse this is the expert so everybody get your pencils out well my <laughs> my my theoretical i haven't decided i'm torn between two horses for my theoretical top pick there's a horse called irish war cry mm, who uh he ran in new york in the wood memorial and he looked terrific he's his trainer is another uh, fantastic horseman a guy named graham motion who won the derby a couple years ago actually five years ago now at least with uh with a horse named animal kingdom i like irish war cry an Did awful he actually lot. win the wood uh, he did win the wood. Okay. He did win the wood, and and uh, and he was impressive in doing so. And I think he's got he's got a huge chance to win. And he he is uh, when we did we did a little fantasy draft, you might say, on the DRF Players podcast, uh, which is the, the the show that I host. Uh, that you can find. We were talking about it before. Uh, you can find it on iTunes if you're interested. We're doing our special Derby show tomorrow. If you want to listen live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Spreaker. Uh, which you can also find via Twitter. Uh, my handle's at Looms Boldly. We'll be doing a live show on there. We'll be going over all the undercard races and going in-depth in the Derby. But when we did our little fantasy draft, Irish Warcry was my top pick, and I'm, I'm not backing off of that. But after watching the workouts the other day, it's a great day and age. Back in the day, you wanted to watch the Derby horses work. You had to be at Churchill Downs with a pair of binoculars. These days, you need a computer and an internet connection, mm. and you can be anywhere in the world. And I watched a horse named McCracken work the other day. And this horse just had all the sort of bells and whistles that you like to see in a horse preparing for a race. He was, um, not only did he move well and fast, he just looked super happy, super healthy, uh, past the wire, flicking his ears back and forth, just like a horse who's ready to run a really big race. Uh, his rider had trouble pulling him up. They had to get the outrider come and help settle him down just because he was enjoying his job so much. I think he might end up being the, but the best. But the money 
is long on that horse, too, isn't it? Well, it Medium long. It'll I be mean. interesting to see. In, in England, I'm sure you guys have some listeners in England where you can Watch bet on it. these things. Now, I don't want anybody doing this before I have the chance to do it and get your bets down. So give me like 45 minutes and then go to your bookie and look and see if you can find the 12 to 1 around McCracken. Because I can guarantee you that's a good bet. In the U.S., by the time post rolls around at 6 o'clock on Saturday, I expect that number to be more like 8 to 1 probably. Um, but, I, but I think at that number, uh, McCracken is an interesting way to go. So for me, if McCracken or Irish Warcry win, it'll be uh, a fantastic Saturday night. And even if they don't, it'll still be a fantastic Saturday night because it's Kentucky Derby exactly, Day. for sure, because neither one of those is the favorite. No, the fa- yeah, favorite, I guess we should talk about him real quick, a horse named Classic Empire. Mm-hmm. He was the two-year-old champion. Uh, he is the most, I think, inherently talented of the bunch. He's sort of the bad boy. He's got a little like Dennis Rodman. You're describing a boy band. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. This... Why has he been in North Korea? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. He could end up at stud in North Korea if it all goes wrong on Saturday. But he. Uh, some days will refuse to train in one of his big races as a two year old. He dumped the rider at the start and just decided he didn't want to work that day. Wow. Um, he looked much more like himself in his last race in Arkansas down at Oakland Park. I was there uh, three weeks ago uh, watching him and he looked like the old classic empire. And if he shows his best form, he will win the race. However, we're talking about a horse who's the likely favorite who has shown these attitudinal problems in the past, facing his sternest test to date. At the price, I'm going to fade him and go in a different direction, and I'll just be impressed and clap if he wins. But uh, but for me, there, there's a little more value a little bit farther down the, the odds. Yeah, so we'll go with a triple of almost dreaming McCracken and... Uh, Irish War Cry, always dreaming McCracken. Yeah. Boom. There, there, throw a fourth in there that's, that's your the favorite, and you're okay. You can, how can you go wrong? You can go wrong, you believe me. Wrong. <laughs> what could go wrong? We've just what could possibly think, go wrong? I think the two times, what could possibly go wrong? I think the two times I was out with you at, at Belmont, I, I, I certainly walked out with less money than I walked in with. <laughs> Right. But, but you got to bring your own story. booze, so yeah. you kind of... Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have to bring anything. This guy brought the, a truckload. <laughs> on a given day. That's the, that's the word in the race business. On a given day, any horse can go across that finish line. I don't care if it's 100 to 1. At a certain price, every Uh, horse in the race would be worth a bet in theory. But the great thing about the track is, for me, uh, people spend money on all kinds of things in life as their entertainment. Think yeah, about, this is entertainment for sure. Yeah. I, I totally enjoy myself when I go. You go to Yankee Stadium. I don't Stadium. go there to win. I go there yeah. to have fun. You spend money on parking. You spend money on beer. You spend money on your seats. You know, never once leaving Yankee Stadium do you walk out with more money than you came in with. <laughs> Even if that only happens occasionally <laughs> at the racetrack, you know, you're still, I think, still ahead up. of the game in yeah. the big picture. If you if you do it the right way and have fun the way that uh, this guy does. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it baby. is about... Time to maybe take a quick break and hear from some sponsors. Not sure who our sponsor is today, but I'm excited to hear. <laughs> I got hit by a car. Um, that's my excuse for everything right now. So we're going to cut away for a break. We're going to come back after the break and maybe get uh, Dale to pull out his guitar. And, and you, and, you and Dale can oh, play a song. Right, it's already ready. It's already out. <laughs> and you guys can play a song. All right, we're going to cut away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls. But here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine? And how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese-American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese-American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese-American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. But what better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? 
Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. And we are back on the speakeasy. <laughs> Everybody's getting their headsets back on and getting their guitars on their knees. Um, what are you boys going to play? So we're going to play, well, I'm, I'm just going to follow you, you man. I heard you, strumming, heard you strumming some blues when I walked in. Uh, there's, a, there's a tune called Lulu's Back in Town. There's a great story behind it. There was a woman named Lulu Whitehead who was the most White. famous. What? Lulu White. Lulu White, sorry. <laughs> well, head comes into it. Hey-o. She owned a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> Anticipation. Oh, Anticipation. Wrong story. Wrong story. Right. Wrong story. Anyway, uh, when uh, when things went south and the mayor of New Orleans had to close all the brothels at yeah, the when things went down, <laughs> yes, hey. at the behest of the United States Army, their legal uh, uh, red blue, uh, red light district had to close, and she thought because she had the the classiest and she had the mayor and the governor and lots of really highfalutin folks. She thought if she stayed on the lowdown and it was very quiet, she'd be able to continue to operate. But actually, it went the opposite way. They put her right in jail right away because they were worried about her little black book. And they didn't want any of those names to get out into the public. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so she went and, uh, and uh, I think Fats Waller made the most famous recording of this, but this was written about Lulu. Shall we, do, shall we tell the yeah, story of Lulu here? Let's do it. All righty. Hmm. Gotta get my old tuxedo pressed Gotta sew a button on my vest Cause tonight I gotta look my best Lulu's back in town Gotta get a half a buck somewhere Gotta shine my shoes and slick my hair Gotta get myself a boutonniere Lulu's back in town You can tell all my pets All my blondes and brunettes Mr. D. Gruff regrets, uh-huh, he won't be around. You can tell the mailman not to call. I won't be home until the fall, and I might not be back home at all. Lulu's back in town, uh-huh, Lulu's back in town. Why don't you take it, man? Regrets, oh yes, he won't be around. Yes, you bump it up, dee But up and bop, 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 Lulu's back in Thank you, Lulu. We love you. <laughs> anyway. Nice. I have to tell you that uh, Live music I'm kind of in the, the dancing dog act here, so if you hear mistakes, they're mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. We, we, only, uh, we only rehearse never. <laughs> Damon's actually a professional musician yeah, you and guys a are, bartender. You guys so. are so often not rehearsing. <laughs> anyway, let's do another tune. Let's do a blues tune. Yeah, why don't I? See how badly we can mess that one up. I don't I'm going to drink a I'll little be, bit of I'll be whiskey. better at this one. Let's sip on some whiskey yeah, in between. Oh, my take, take God. One little... Save us. <laughs> yes. Here you go. All right, baby. This is called, and I think Sleepy John Estes made the famous recording of this one. It's called... Uh, if the river was whiskey and I was a diving duck. And I was a diving duck 
If the river was whiskey and I was a diving dog, I'd swim to the bottom. I might not come back up. You guys got warmed up right away. Yeah, the whiskey, it's a, it's a guitar fluid. I always throw the first song away. You know what I'm saying here? It's like, the, ah, like pancakes. It's like the, I was going to say sure crepes. Run. It's like the first, the first crepe. One away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I didn't throw my first child away. <laughs> that we know of. So um, if the river was whiskey, uh, I was a diving duck. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It makes sense to me. Shit, man. The blues are really hard back then, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think they had, I think Sleepy had a hard time of it too, Mr. Estes. I don't know. I think he was singing from, uh, from experience when he said, Never make a married woman your friend. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if that was at Lulu's place. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, Dale, you're going to be um, on Saturday, on Derby Day, you're going to be over at. Uh, the shanty. Yeah, where, people, people, where are you going to be? That's a good question. I, I'm still. I mean, you're, uh, the, you're the you're the guy who's deep into it. I'm, I'm weighing my options. It's it's usually a party day. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of serious racing days. I'll hole up in my in the war room. I'll have the three computers <laughs> and the okay. and the three TVs, and I'll and I'll have a lot of stuff going on. But Derby Day is a little different because. As the day goes on, you have a very long time between races, which is a necessity if you've ever been to Churchill Downs for the Derby, something I recommend everybody do at some point in their life, because between the, the lines to get a drink and the betting lines, it takes about 45 minutes or an hour after a race to <laughs> yeah. get everything done. Yeah. So we can use that to our advantage, and it's a beautiful time for a, a Brooklynite to party hop. Sure. You know, you, you could, there are a lot of parties in Brooklyn. Yeah, you could potentially and hit. Or just in New York City. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of the ones, I, I believe uh, Sidecar in Brooklyn does a derby thing every year. Obviously, the Shanty has a party every year this year with the, uh, Dale as a special guest doing the show. So I, I intend to hit as many parties as I can. Uh, get the, the idea is to get some bets going where I can get alive in the, the so-called multi-race bets to the derby. There's bet, ra- different 
million different ways you can bet. One of the most popular, you pick the winners of uh, races in a sequence. The pick three, three winners in sure. a row, pick four, etc. So the idea is to get alive to the horses I like in the Derby and basically just you know drink and watch the race. I can't figure out whether you're a social butterfly or a bookie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't figure out if you're That's a musician or an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so do you do you get do you also get into the sort of the the secondary and tertiary aspects of it? Like do you get do you get all dressed up and the vintage wear and the white linen suits or seersuckers? I'm pretty or? I'm pretty classic. I have I do have a seersucker suit that will often make an appearance for Derby <laughs> Day. I did uh, I, I, about four years ago. I did I, I bought a suit because I was going to a Derby party. It was like a perfect sort of uh, spring light gray number. And uh, then between one year and the next, I, I think I, I had a few too many beers and I, I ripped the seat of the pants. At the next year's Derby party, so uh, now I'm back in seersucker. It's like wearing your pajamas. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. an emphasis on the sucker and that seersucker. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> but but I think that's a thing that that maybe speaking of parlaying, right? The, the sort of the 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 sport of king. Uh, no, that's boxing. What, what's uh, no, no, the sport, sport of kings? Of kings. Oh, sport of kings. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so it's, it's, the, it's the sport of kings. <laughs> but exactly. But it's becoming more and more as we talked about going to Belmont and taking the kids and being in the park out there and just having a great time and picnicking and whatever. It's becoming more like the common man sport. Yeah. Um, hey, Bobby uh, Fleishhorse won the Derby last year. Uh, I didn't know he was Bobby Flay had trainer. a piece of the Derby winner. Did oh no Sounds Belmont? Like... He had a piece of the Belmont. Right. Right. Actually, right. it was a triple crown. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know he bought into a horse that won one of the Triple Crown races. I'm trying to remember what it was. But, yeah, he learned uh, he learned about racing from his uh, mentor in the restaurant business, Joe Allen, I'm guessing. I'll be damned. Yeah. Um, there is definitely a connection between the world of food and drink and, uh, well, that's and what horse I was, racing. That's what I was also trying to say is, like, there's also this weird connection with fashion, right? Sort of that the dandy fashion that kind of, of pageantry of uh, oh yeah and, they you know, love it when you when you dress the well the jazz age lawn party thing that goes on those are all the guys who love to go to the but they seem it's weird they seem to they just show up for the Super Bowl the Derby <laughs> like I feel like that's a chance for the the game itself to sort of parlay and and gather more I don't know viewership followers uh, yeah. whatever. I think there's a lot of ways racing could market itself more. It's 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 market. Hard that's what I was looking for. Because the game is uh, the game's very fragmented, right? You have these key players in different parts of the country, and there's no necessarily unified marketing effort. Um, but I do think there's a lot of different uh, potential tentacles to reach a lot more people. And uh, when you talk about the fashion element, the place anybody interested in that. Anybody interested in, 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 in sort of dandy fashion or really any kind of fashion? Saratoga. Yeah. That's sort of the magic place, this preserved jewel from the 19th century. Yeah, and their food and beverage is amazing. They're the only one in the whole New York group of tracks that has incredible food and beverage. There's some good stuff going on up there, especially out the whole uh, the, the Shake Shack empire. Oh, they're um, in there, yeah. They're in there, and you can go to the my area, there's what we call the Paddock Bar. Um, and it's, so it's right near the, it's right near where the Shake Shack is at Saratoga, and you can get within six feet, pretty much, of the horses as they walk from the paddock out onto the track. But if you go there, and you can sit in that, you, you, can, you can dress how, as, as fancy as you want and, and fit right in and be appreciated in that Saratoga clubhouse, probably almost like nowhere else. Uh, I remember I wearing say. a white linen suit to Saratoga. Yeah, right in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> Parked out in the middle of that muddy parking area. It By wasn't the time I got long. to the track, I had a white and brown. <laughs> right. Brown from the shins down. Brown from the shins down. <laughs> and, and great Dixieland music, too. Damn great Dixieland yes, music. Yes, great yeah. music at Saratoga. You get, yeah. to, you get the old school mixed with the new school. It's a, Saratoga's a special place. I'm, I'm very fortunate in life to have two places I call home, Brooklyn being one and Saratoga being the other. Yeah. Very cool. So I have to tell my derby story. Jill and I went to the derby. <laughs> We're in a box. Hold on, hold on, everybody. Dale she, has a story. She, uh, <laughs> she had, it was the year Funny Side won the derby. You know, and no one in the, no, another New York horse, a yeah, He was a New York by a bunch of yep. dentists. <laughs> and nobody bet it, nobody in the box bet it. You know, this horse has no buyer numbers. It wasn't, it was not expected to win. It was a runt. It was like a, it was like a story like Seabiscuit story, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're all going, oh, man. And, and, and we said, anybody in the box get it? And Jill said, I, 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 I bet funny side. Nice. Funny side. We said, I said, you did? Great. How much did you bet, honey? $5. $5. That's all you bet. She said, well, I thought that was a lot. I usually bet a dollar. <laughs> 
hey, it's not just about the money. It's about the thrill of being on a winner. And if you can be on a derby winner from your yeah. home state, the first New York bred at to thirty ever to win one, the derby, that's a story you get. You get to carry that to for one. life. Thirty to one. That's why I was upset. Thirty to one. Wow. He was a price. Okay, so I got to ask. Um, <laughs> since we're all bar people, and obviously if we're talking horses, so how? Okay, so a few years back, I uh, I did all right on a horse named I'll Have Another. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all did, right? We all did. Yeah, that was so, a big, big bar world favorite. Right? So, but, so the odds must have been really, like, not that great because we were all like, betting on that damn horse. He was 12 to 1 or so. He was was good, it? Yeah, okay. he was a square okay. price. Okay, so... You know, I, I think most of us can agree that uh, you know, like the ones of the, those of us out there that uh, don't follow horse racing, it was picked solely on the name, <laughs> right? So, how often uh, does the name actually like when you're reading a cocktail menu, you see a, a clever name, you're like, ah, <laughs> like well, I don't normally drink like, whatever Pisco, but clever name, I'm ordering that drink. <laughs> I want to know the clever name of the Pisco drink. I, I don't know. I'm just, it's it almost always comes into play for me. For the name of the horse? Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, you follow the forms and you look at the Yeah, you stats. can handicap a race. I've seen you with the, with, with the paper. Yeah, but I like names. <laughs> yeah, right? so, so that's it. You, you look at the handicap. You do the handicapping, but then you go with your gut. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw a horse and you see, I like the exotic bets anyway. That means triples, exactas, sure. superfectas, where you choose the top four horses, I mean, top n- three horses. Not for nothing. Going back to what I was saying about how I feel like there could be a better use of the word marketing by the by the organization, but there isn't really an organization. You said it's kind of fragmented. I really feel like if there was a space somewhere in in each of the, uh, you know, at each of the tracks that was like, here you go to learn how to bet. I don't really understand That's, it all. The tracks are starting to do a better job of that. We were just talking about your, your friend who's, I forget what they call it now, a betologist or a bet... What, what, what wagering She's ambassador? Bianca's part of the bet squad. The bet squad, Naira. And I think on a big day like Belmont Day, you'll see these folks everywhere. They usually would be wearing a vest or, you know, uh, uh, Keeneland has these folks, Santa Anita. And they're, they're usually easily, easy, easily identified by some sort of garb, typically. I feel like it's a green vest at Keeneland and a red vest at, uh, at Santa Anita. And it's probably something similar uh, at Belmont. And, and people, I think on your average Wednesday, you're probably not going to find these people. On a big Saturday, I think it's a little bit easier to get some insight. And the folks I've met really know what they're talking about. So it uh, definitely could give a leg up to somebody who's you know still learning the basics of, uh, of maybe even just how to read the program or the racing form. And they can sort of start you on your way. Now, that said... You can do that. You can do more than that. You can be uh, you can be a quant with software to analyze the results of thousands of races and help you produce a, a betting line to aid you in your bets today. No, thank and, you. And, and, well, <laughs> even if you do all that, there are plenty of days where you're going to be better off betting on the one with the longest tail ah, or yeah, your yeah. favorite name or right. whatever it is. There's no you know. There's no real uh, on a given day. There's no secret no, sauce I got, to victory. I, I, I got no. No question or issue with going up and just betting on a horse, but then when it starts to come to the, the trifectas and the pick fours and the the boxing and the, I, I'm just like, my advice here's, would be to here's my simple. money, put it on a horse. Keep it simple. If you're if you're some folks get in Dale's obviously into the sort of you know the more I can tell from talking to him about this stuff, the more complicated the bet, the more excited he is. But then there's you know there's definitely a lot. I, 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 I would feel the same way though, yeah. because I I you know. I do gamble a bit at other games, you know. Um, and, I and, just gamble with my life, and not my, my money. <laughs> Dude, I got hit by a car. <laughs> I, I, I love the thrill, whether, it's, whether I win or I lose. I, it's great. Like, it's great. Every spin of the roulette wheel, every hand of the poker table is great. That's the rush. But I just I feel like I'd like to be better at it. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I need to get a book. This new program is is. <laughs> but books are boring. <laughs> books hey, about, don't you? Books you're, about, you're books about betting. No, 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 not, not like that. Books about betting are probably pretty boring. I've tried to read a book about craps because I want to get into that game more. I just stand at the table and watch most of the time. But like, because it's so complicated looking. And again, on the horses, it looks so complicated. I just I usually just end up going like to win, to win, to win. Well, I think you got two experts here, so. Well, here's what we need just, to do. Just guys. ask these guys. It's, it's. I think it. I think Beat the answer. Is, the answer is <laughs> Jill is fantastic. We've stood at the paddock and evaluated horse flesh when walking by. That's another great way you can you can pick your horses. And I've seen Jill pick many a winner standing there at the uh, at the parade ring at Belmont Park. But I think the answer to this conundrum is 
staring us right in the face, and it's we need to do some sort of organized New York food and beverage world trip to the racetrack. Yeah. Right, like we get like a bus. A yeah. bus. That's an awesome idea. <laughs> we'll get a bus. We'll start at a bar. We'll end at a bar. And in the middle, we'll go out with a keg of beer and a bunch of sandwiches. And we'll we'll sit in the backyard. And we'll I'll talk you. I'll tell you how to bet the super fact. We'll get our seersucker all muddy. And how do we How do Great. we go about setting this up, Pete? Well, have you got me, any thoughts about this? Leave Leave that. Leave the logistics to me for now. Okay. And if I can get. Get it organized. I know. I, I know. One of my the great pleasures in life for me is introducing the wrong people to the wrong people, and you know, waiting for what happens that's, next. That's bartending. So. <laughs> hey, we'll put the igloo in the back of the bus. Yeah, we'll yeah. get a sprinter. So we'll, we'll leave that part with me, and then when I when I have a result, I'll let you know. You can tell our listeners, and we can all meet up out in the backyard. Marvelous. Marvelous. Some Friday night in June, maybe when they have the late post at Belmont, the three p.m. With uh, my Belmont Breeze. You know, I had the drink at Belmont Park for like 11 that's years. right. I, and, and it was a from great drink. It was a, to, it was better than the drink they're, they're peddling these days. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say that. My friends from Naira are probably listening. But your drink was <laughs> was fantastic. Well, the, Woodford, Woodford Reserve has put a bucket of money into the track sponsorship-wise, so they got it now. They got it. I, I wasn't even sponsored my drink. I just got it because they were looking for... Well, I was at the Rain Room at the time. So. How did it come about? Did you? They came to me. I mean, you know, you were they, working off your bets. What was, was going Bill on? Nader. <laughs> oh, Bill Nader. Bill Nader's a great guy. Yeah. He came to me, he and he, he was a new, he was a customer at the Rain Room, and he said, "Why don't we do something with a Rain Room drink? You know, uh, a new whiskey drink for because you got the julep here, you got the thing here, and we don't really have a drink because they had an awful drink at the time that was not really a screamy or something like that. And so I did I did a whiskey punch. The one I do in, uh, every year in the igloo. That's a great drink. Yeah, that's right. It's got then, sherry because I wanted to bring in the history of historical park because a lot, a lot of whiskeys used to be have sherry added. Now they're doing it. Yeah, the Kansas yes. City whiskey. Three Kansas Kansas City whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Great Ryan, stuff. maybe. Oh my God, I love that juice. It's good stuff. Yeah. So Mon- for- Mo- monogram, monogram. The new, yeah, the monogram is yeah. the is the is the, like sort of Marvelous select stuff. release one. As um, far as I'm concerned, mint julep for Derby. Uh, I've never really gotten into the official version of the Black Eyed Seuss and the Preakness drink, but I sort of mess around with my own. But for Belmont, it's all about the Belmont. We please. served the Preakness uh, at our at the first showing of that show that I'm working on on Saturday. Uh, it was the 1962 Preakness cocktail, right. and it was a kind of like a Kentucky Colonel. It was bourbon Benedictine. Yes, and, and it was um, was it was there vermouth in it or was, yeah there was vermouth Benedictine and whiskey, and I added a little bit of my bitters, of Dale DeGrasse bitters. <laughs> so Angels Envy Bourbon, Dale DeGrasse bitters, Benedictine and sweet yes. vermouth or dry vermouth. It was, it was sweet vermouth. Sweet vermouth. Yeah. yeah, and it was good. You could actually use dry vermouth; it would be really good too. Or blanc, or, or uh, blanc. like ambrato, one of those. Uh, one of those. Oh uh, yeah. Sort of vegetal notes. Racing and cocktails, though. Another reason your show makes so much sense, not only the Kentucky Kentucky connection of whiskey and horses, but just the general coming together, whether you're talking about U.S. or U.K., of cocktails and racing. You go to Royal Ascot, and it really is... Uh, there are pim stations everywhere, everywhere. and uh, people people drinking the stuff by the pint. It's it's pretty. It's it's a worldwide connection. Yeah, <laughs> it's low ABV. Um, Listen, as we continue to evolve as human beings, we continue to find more and more leisure time, so we can watch horses run around to. while we yeah. drink while we drink spiritus alcohol. That's why the track started in Coney Island, because they gave they they knocked the work week down from seven days to six. Right, which, which is shockingly not that long ago in our history, right? The, his, the history of the American workforce used to work seven days a week not that long ago. Some smart fellas said got, that the it got, tracks would be a good It uh, got trimmed to six, but then on the, on the, you still had to go to church on Sunday, so it was kind of still work. Yeah. And then finally <laughs> it got knocked down to just a five-day work week. I'm ready for four, if not three and a half, right? Horses and booze. You know, like, we, like so, you know, from Oklahoma and... Uh, Still to this day, there's uh, some weird law there where, like, you cannot... You can't operate a horse while you're, you, you while can, you're drunk? You can, you can <laughs> operate a horse when you're drunk. Because it has it's a mind of its own. And it, they're trained. And so, like... It'll take you it's home. It's an old antiquated... Yeah, it'll take you home. I'm going to Oklahoma. So, yeah, let's go to Oklahoma. Let's go together. <laughs> yeah, actually, that bus, Pete. Also, <laughs> the horse has to be sober. <laughs> the horse has to be sober. One of you has right. to be sober. But, uh, yeah, you can't get in trouble. Apparently, or like it's very minimal. Also, there's a uh, the horse track there in Oklahoma City is called Remington Park. Sure. And uh, another fun thing they do there outside, and this this I think 
this is more on the alcohol related side than the horse side because they have this thing uh, at, at Remington Park called the Dachshund Dash. And you just go there and get fucking wasted and bet on dachshunds. So dogs. Wiener dogs. You can yeah, actually bet on that? I just yeah, thought it was a promotional thing. Nope. You can, you can bet on them. Listen, pal. You can, you can bet, bet on, on anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a thing, you can bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you. You can bet on it. What would you make about a horse who loved beer? Wait. Oh, I'm not, a horse who loved beer. There's a few. Oh, Zenyatta. Zenyatta. That's right. They used to mix. Guinness. Why did you give her a microphone? Yeah. John Sherry. Who has a horse in this year's Derby? Actually, was Zenyatta's trainer and insisted that uh, the key to her success—he didn't actually say this part—but the key to her success was the fact that he would put a full pint of Guinness in her feed tub, and she would dance. Oh, and she would dance on her way to the racetrack. It looked like uh, the first time she did it, I was like, "Is something wrong with Zenyatta? What's going on?" And it turned out it was just like this equine version of the haka she would do on the way to the track. No joke. You can see tapes of this where she'd almost be doing like these dressage type. Moves. I think she was just intimidating the other horses, and and sure enough, she won fucking shit talking before the race. (laughs) They they did that. Secretariat used to intimidate the other horses. She would dance and look them right in the eye and look the jockeys in the eye. You know, (laughs) big red. Yeah, he was great. But uh, yeah, Zenyatta won every race she ever ran except her last one. She she lost by a by a head to a to a good horse named Blame in the Breeders' Cup Classic. But that that horse was was drinking Irish whiskey. (laughs) Switch straight for it. Right. Skip the Guinness and go straight for the whiskey. Uh, Well, gentlemen, uh, you think you got another tune in you? I'm talking to you two specifically. Yeah, there's ladies in here. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll follow you, dude. I'm going to take off my headphones. I'll play the one we finished with before. All right. Because... uh, I can't hear my guitar. The one. What are you going to play? You got a you got a uh, Hank Williams tune, the one we did before. Oh yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Your cheating heart will make you. Cry and cry and try to sleep, but sleep won't come the whole night through. Your cheating heart will tell on you when tears come down. cheating heart will tell on you. Got something to say, Dan? Awesome. This, Fun, whole, this whole day has been awesome. Yeah, man, it's great having you guys back in the studio, everyone. Uh, get to pick guitars, drink whiskey, and talk about horses, man. <laughs> Did we just have like the 
most perfect afternoon. <laughs> it's not over yet, pal. All right. Not to mention the pizzas we had on the way in here. No, we had a lot pizza of pizza. Pizza at Roberta's Roberta on the way in. So let's do some wrap-up business, and then we can chat again. But I want to just mark some topics that we went over. Um, Dale's show is going to be playing at uh, the Shanty at N- uh, NYDC. Um, you, can, you can pick up that at uh, you can pick up tickets uh, at nydc.com, I think, or whatever. You can look it up. You got a computer in front of you. Probably one, probably one in your pocket. <laughs> New York Stone Company. Yeah, it's nydc.com or is it NY- whatever? Um, it's one of them. It's one of those. That's on Saturday, Derby Day, right? So we can get over there and have some drinks and listen to Dale talk. Four o'clock. We, we yeah. start. Four o'clock. Festivities. The track. Hey, it'll go off at what? Ten minutes to seven. The race. Uh, I think it's in the six o'clock hour. I, I haven't checked post time yet. They're, they just drew this morning. I haven't. They, yeah. uh, I haven't even looked yet. Uh, it always exactly. is close to seven. Yeah, it yeah. never comes off earlier than that. Of course, I'm going to have mint juleps all over me by then. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I probably won't even see the race. <laughs> uh, Jill just whispered in my ear. You can find uh, information about that show at kingcocktail.com as well, ah. which is oh, yeah, right. Dale's website. I guess we should have mentioned that one first. I'm such a great promoter of myself. <laughs> Mama mia. Yeah, you're, you're, not the, you're not the best. <laughs> it's a good thing you got a team behind you. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Jill, Jill. Well, Jill, slide in here and slide it and talk about your show a little bit too, which is Monday. You can do it. Nobody, you've been where, doing where, it This is a friendly crowd. Yeah, Monday night, uh, Nicole Desmond, John Tebow, and myself. It's a group art exhibit. 10% of the proceeds uh, will go to the Sunnies Fund to save our favorite bar yeah. from extinction. And there's going to be live music again, and Dale's going to be singing tunes. And, you should uh, still come. Great cocktails, <laughs> tiki cocktails, and and uh, made by the best bartenders, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Right, cocktail sponsored by Lot Forty and Perno uh, Ricard. Thank you. Yeah, and, of course. And actually, uh, Derby Day is sponsored by Angels Envy. Yeah, the show that Dale's um, doing at the New York Distilling Company. Your whole and social calendar just sorted yeah, out. There it is. Yeah. Oh. there it is. Saturday and then Monday night. Yep. And thank you. Yeah, of course. No, thank you so much for being here. Um, uh, and then, of course, let's sort out the social calendar some more. This Friday is Cinco de Mayo Ooh. over at Grand Army. Oh wait, actually, well, that's that is but our Cinco de Mayo everywhere. But uh, <laughs> actually, fifth uh, of May on the fifth of May. Fifth of May sure. is our two-year anniversary from Grand Army. But we're going to have our uh, our anniversary party this Sunday, the seventh. Uh, it'll be all day, so swing by. We're going to wow. be doing some Brazilian jazz and uh, drinking Ooh. all the drinks and uh, have a good time. Such a great spot. If folks haven't been yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, I'm fortunate enough to be able to be about you a 15 right minute now? stumble from Grand Army. Right. So uh, no, yeah. it may see me Sunday. <laughs> we'll talk about awesome. it. Is there uh, also? Are we doing a happy hour at Grand Army after this? Are we? We are. <laughs> I guess we are now. Everybody's surprised. Jill just invented happy hour at Grand Army. Cool. Starting at. <laughs> Jill invented happy hour? That's amazing. We're going to talk about it while we can. Yeah. Um, well, we can. Uh, we can. We'll do it Every hour is happy hour. We're doing yes. it. It's always happy it. at Grand Army. Um, yeah. So, guys, we got a full weekend ahead of us. Yeah, we do. And I guess I get to do it all since my arm is broken. I don't get I'm, you know that that car hitting you was like the best thing for our friendship. <laughs> We're getting to spend a lot of QT together, that's for sure. You got to cut my steak for me everywhere we go, though. That's fine, as long as we're eating steak. Um, cool. Well, I guess that kind of wraps it that up. Kind of wraps it up. Thanks so much for coming on. It's great to have all you Thank back you. on the show. Um, just great to hang out with you anyway. Thank yeah. you, Damon. Anytime. Feeling is so mutual, far. brother. Yeah. yeah. Thank um, you. Jill, I can't wait to come see your show and all your art over there. Um, Pete, we're looking forward to hearing from you about organizing a bus for us to all go and I'll report back, drink and watch races <laughs> and learn about gambling and drink some more. I love it. We'll so, expect a dossier on that within the week. If you're definitely, if you're a little <laughs> Thanks, bit down Dale. the rabbit hole, <laughs> feel free to join in for the DRF Players Podcast. Find us on iTunes if you want, if you want to, you know, the, the sort of in-depth racing stuff. But uh, you know, I, I'm loving this Belmont Park road trip idea. Mm-hmm. We'll all, yeah. I'll get my thinking cap on and we'll we'll, we'll put something mm-hmm. together. Yeah, sounds great. We can probably. Between, between the people in the room, I'm sure we could probably rustle up a sponsor or two as well. I had my <laughs> 70th, 70th, I'm not saying, my 50th, 60th, 60th birthday at, at Belmont, thrown by Jill. <laughs> was it all of those? Which one was it? We're not even 70 yet. Come on, I, I've had a couple of drinks. Give me a break. <laughs> I was hit by a car. Anyway, anyway, I, uh, I was singing there at my own birthday party, and there was a piano player. 
And I, you know, I had a mic, and we, we had a private room. The ones up there in the club, or sure. we had one of those rooms. We had our own bedding booths and everything. But then, about halfway through the party, one of my friends was out. They would go out in the grandstands to watch the horses thundering by, and he comes back and he says, "Dale, your voice is carrying it all through the grandstands." <laughs> But not the piano. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just the thunder. Somehow they had hooked me into a mic plug-in that plugged into the mic, to the whole grandstand. And they're hearing this guy going, yeah, well, but there's no piano behind it. You know? nice. They're wondering, who's this drunk guy? <laughs> That's amazing. Little did they know. Ay, ay, ay. All right, let me just touch base with... Um, what's going on next week? You got, we've got Matt Friedlander on the show from Sweetwater Social. Um, he has threatened to also bring his guitar, so bring your guitar next week I as well. I guess I should just leave it here at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's let's make it a thing. Uh, following week, we've got Austin Henley and Julie uh, Julie Renee Williams. They're coming up from Costa Rica to be right. on the show and, and hang out and do some stuff in New York for a month or so. Um, and then the following weeks are a little sketchy at the moment. We'll get them together, right? That's great. Cause we, uh, but Friedlander will be doing a happy hour at, at Grand Army, as so will uh, Austin and, and Julie. So cool. We know those those things are happening for right sure. Right on. All right? Cool. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thanks um, to everybody for hanging out with us yeah, in the studio today. A lot of fun today. Really, I think... I, Anytime we get to bring Sorry, uh, sorry Evan. back when I learn how to play the guitar. I promise, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Evan Freeman. This, this now tops my chart as favorite show. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this. Uh, until next week. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Joe. Cheers. 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 So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.